Welcome to the Square Apple Show. Hi, I'm Dr. Yong Shin Ning. I'm the co-founder of Change Voyage Consulting. After 20 years of corporate life, I successfully transited to be an entrepreneur. Wearing multiple hats as an entrepreneur, adjunct lecturer, mother, wife, daughter, sister, has taught me how to navigate life's challenges. And my secret is the Square Apple. In this show, I will discuss tips and strategies to change the way you think about your personal and professional life. Because if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Ready to activate the Square Apple in you? Let's begin! Welcome to the Square Apple Show. I'm Shinning, and in this episode, I will be sharing how an urban revitalization project in Korea can teach us about managing change. Recently, I went on a vacation at Busan in Korea. So like all tourists who wants to tick the checkbox of the must-visit places in Busan, I visited the Gamcheon Culture Village. Okay, before I talk about the serious stuff, I need to spend some time giving you a background of the village so that you can have a better sense of the context. This village is famous for its huge collection of houses, built in a step-like fashion on the foothills of a mountain near to the coast. The town grew very big in the 1950s, primarily due to an influx to this town by Korean War refugees who built their houses using makeshift materials like wood, rocks and corrugated iron. So the city grew organically without much town planning, including the absence of sewerage and water piping system. Due to the condition of the village, Gamcheon's population stopped growing and started declining. In the 1980s, there were about 30,000 residents. But by 2010, there were only 8,000 of them. A lot of people moved out and those who are left are mostly old folks. Many houses were left empty and it gradually turned into a ghetto. And those who stayed there are mainly the poor and the marginalised people. Okay, you get the idea that this place is in a very bad shape. And the Busan government started a project in 2009 to revitalise it. It is apparently a huge success. The revitalised Gamcheon village won international acclaims for the amazing transformation and it has been featured on major media platforms. I couldn't wait to see this place for myself. When I set foot at the village, I was intrigued by how clean and orderly the whole place is. It was a Saturday morning, so the whole place was running amok with tourists who starts the trip by mobbing a cheap socks store right at the entrance of the village. In the next two kilometres into the village, we were greeted with quirky and bright-coloured art installations and paintings on the wall. Every other step, there would be a souvenir shop, bakery, museum, food stall, experiential shops. You get the idea. There were photo points at strategic locations and people were queuing up to get the best shot that they can take in the amazing sight of the whole town sitting on the slope of the mountain. Away from the mobs of tourists, real residents still stay in the alleys, 
mostly away from the main commercial thoroughfare. Doors and windows are usually closed to keep out the prying eyes of over-enthusiastic tourists, so we do not see many of them there. But we are constantly reminded of their presence through the many signages that ask us to keep our volumes low or to refrain from taking photos of their residents. Shanty Town, Ghetto, foul-smelling odour from the lack of sanitation system, public wells. I could not reconcile those words with what I was experiencing. Then my curiosity as a change management professional was piqued. How did the Busan government manage to pull off such a significant transformation over the course of 10 years? So I went back to my hotel and I did more research. My source of information comes primarily from a well-written case study published on the Urban Sustainability Exchange. It is a global online platform dedicated to promoting and showcasing sustainable urban development. You can find more information about USE and the Gumtron Revitalization Project from the link in the show notes below. Let me now summarize my key takeaways about what we can learn about managing change from the revitalization project. Firstly, learn from past mistakes. What struck me the most is that the case study stated what the Busan government wanted to avoid in their transformation project. Typically, when we started projects, we would state what we want to achieve what we want to avoid is quite rare. So that's pretty interesting. So what they stated in the case study is that they want to avoid creating a new town without a soul. Based on past experiences of the government, if the focus was just around redeveloping the physical infrastructure, it is quite unlikely that the current residents will want to resettle back at the same place because it is no longer the same place that held their memories. So, in their planning, the government took measures to retain the social history and environment while improving the economic and public infrastructure. I've personally participated in a lot of large-scale technology transformation in my career as a change management consultant. I have rarely seen or heard the leaders discuss what mistakes they want to avoid making or what aspects of the current culture they wish to retain. Maybe because it's politically sensitive to talk about mistakes previously made? But what about the retention of current culture? Is it something incongruent to be discussed in conjunction with high-tech transformation? I recall one client that I've worked with more than 10 years ago. That was on a multi-year technology transformation across more than 20 countries. After the respective countries have deployed the technology, there was a mandatory exercise organised by the Project Management Office to harness the lessons learned across all the work streams. These lessons learned will then be shared in the workshops to kick off the next batch of countries going live. 
There will also be peer-to-peer -peer sharing with the workstream leads of the country coming on board. Some of the key lessons were also emphasised by the top leadership from the countries which have deployed their technology, lending, the, lending weight to the messages. So over the years, the implementation improved due in part to the client's ability to institutionalise lessons learned. The second thing that impressed me was that the government's decision to take a more organic, bottoms-up approach to the project rather than a typical top-down bureaucratic approach. What they did is to involve many stakeholders, including 120 residents who are living in a Gamchon village and some 40 local artists, village activity planners and even professors who are supporting the project in their own respective domain areas. And there are also 17 government officials responsible for handling the administrative affairs. This bottoms-up governance builds a strong sense of ownership compared to if the directives were to be imposed on the people. However, the time to align objectives of everyone needs to be balanced with the need to maintain pace and momentum. In large-scale transformations, Alignment of objectives in all levels of the organisation is important. The last thing we want to see, although I do see it very often as a consultant, is that the people on the ground take a wait-and-see attitude of the changes that is being implemented. Some even take a more defensive stance to resist all the proposals put forth by the management or the consultants whom they believe to be proxies of the management. I recall a large-scale transformation project that I was recently involved in. The client debunked the traditional way of hiring highly skilled and very expensive consultants to run the project to tell them how they should change. Instead, they hired a small number of consultants as coaches to guide and facilitate the project that was primarily run by the employees. Of course, it took some time to get the client team off the ground and running because project work, thinking about future, innovative thinking, etc., were not what they did on a daily basis. So these people had to deal with acquiring new knowledge and how to think out of the box. But as their engine got more well-oiled, they developed practical and innovative solutions that brought them really to the next level. What's more important is that the members throughout the hierarchy developed a very strong sense of ownership of the solution and was able to bring forth the full impact of the ideas. Success breeds success. So another lesson that I've learned is around sustaining the momentum. In the beginning, the people were poor and were just concerned about their survival. So, who would be interested or had the time to participate in these projects? So, what these people in the Busan government did was they dealt with the bread and butter issues first to improve the public infrastructure, like the sewage systems, maintenance of the walls and alleys, bathhouse, convenience facilities and shuttle services. 
With these basic amenities settled, then they progressively started projects to beautify the space, created jobs in the township, generate buzz by organising cultural programmes. Although it's not stated in the case, I'm sure that some of these are projects which takes longer to see the results, and some short projects where the results are immediately visible. I think a, a good mixture of long-term and short-term projects is important to keep the interest level of the people and to sustain the momentum of the change. Recently, I participated in a large-scale digital transformation that the client expects to take three years to complete. One of the key planning considerations was that over the course of three years, the whole organisation was able to progressively enjoy the benefits of the transformation and hence sustaining the momentum. So what the client did was to introduce quick wins in a form of technology that users can self-learn and self-help while the larger scale projects involving overhauling the system was ongoing. Now let's take a moment to, to think about what I've shared so far. Is your organisation going through a large-scale transformation? And have you considered what your organisation has done well and not so well and incorporate them into your planning? Have you considered how to build ownership throughout the organisation of the transformation? Have you thought about how to schedule the projects to breed success and maintain momentum? I hope you have taken away some useful tips from the Gamchon Culture Village Revitalization Programme to manage large-scale transformation. If you have any questions or thoughts on this episode, please connect with me on LinkedIn at bit.ly slash squareapple. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash S-Q-U-A-R-E-A-P-P-L-E. Thank you and see you soon. Thank you for joining me today. I'm very honoured to have you here. If you would like to keep going and want to know more about the number one Southeast Asia's leading female entrepreneurship network, head over to Soul Rich Woman at S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com and download the free ebook on how to get clients and multiply your income through personal branding. Remember, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Do subscribe to The Square Apple Show and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye for now.